time now for History Matters. We are joined in the studio by Scott Washington, our historian extraordinaire, looking back on this week in history. Good morning. How are Good you? Good morning. Well, I just like that idea of, of uh, uh, being able to text ahoy to anyone, any place. <laughs> uh, That's a good advice. Just pick up the phone and text ahoy to, you know, a friend, That's a family right. member. That's right. Start a conversation. They'll yes. be like, why are you texting me this? Well, we may like, say it's a pirate talk, but, you know, the pirates were the entrepreneurs of the 16th, 17th century, 18th century, who were put out of work when these nations in the Caribbean were fighting, and then they came to a peace accord. Meanwhile, they'd had all these uh, high-tech uh, groups of entrepreneurs uh, who had were suddenly out of work and decided, well, we'll go our own ways. And that started, uh, I'm sure pirating had been going on a long time, but specifically in that way. So. Right. No pirating going on here, but it's uh, fun. <laughs> that, <laughs> that you know of. <laughs> that's right. I know you just came right. Uh, you haven't been back to the, but you don't know no, what Victor's doing back right. there right now. <laughs> Could be anything at this point. Well, you know, this is a fun week in history because there are other entrepreneurs. They're not pirates, but there are other entrepreneurs that uh, pop up this week. Uh, one that I uh, like is uh, uh, happened in uh, was actually a Frenchman. Um, who was uh, uh, born in the 20th century, and um, he was the f a fellow whose family, right outside of Paris, um, and he had uh, developed a, um, well, his family was in uh, baking. Now, this is something in France everyone would know, and there are, in fact, France even passed a law saying that French bread would only have four ingredients. Uh, flour, water, salt, and uh, yeast. Okay, he had an allergy, so he had to go something else. And it worked out really well for history because he becomes an electrician, and uh, in the process of uh, working on one particular project, he noticed that there was, he was taking a sticker off, and he wrote on one side, and it transferred to the other. And once, what's this? Started uh, uh, playing around with it, and in 1959, uh, develops the product that uh, we will know in 1916, July 12, 1960, when it's introduced the United States as Etch-a-Sketch. Oh, hey. <laughs> and he was, becomes a, a very good uh, uh, kite maker. His name was Andre Cassan, uh, born in uh, 1926, and lived to 2013. Uh, wow. So he lived to actually see um, it included in Toy Story movies. Right, right. <laughs> it uh, found a resurgence when kids used those little knobs and went, oh, this is so cool. It's really interesting. Because, like, <laughs> Etch-a-Sketch is a really interesting technology, and it's... Like, I have That's to so assume easy. that in a different universe, that technology was discovered <laughs> and then used for some completely different purpose that had nothing to do with children's toys. Right. Like, we can use it to, I don't know, replicate documents or something like that. But in this universe, we're like, ooh, this is a really cool technology. Let's make a toy for children out of it specifically, and that's what we're going to use it well, for. Well, usually it's those, those lines that go vertically and horizontally. Right. But if you... Push the knobs just right. You could you can almost make it go get them diagonally. And diagonally. Right, right, right. And uh, eye-hand coordination. You think of like the mouse, which was not at first something part of computers until much later. And again, eye-hand coordination. The etch a sketch was my first introduction. Was the was kind of the first moment in my life where I became aware of the fact that while I have some skills. <laughs> 
the creation of visual art is not one of those well, skills. Oh, no, hold on. Now, the etch sketch has limitations about what you can You know what else has limitations? This guy. <laughs> but it's kind of fun to know that it, it got to a point where it was almost going to fall into ruin and be discarded until Toy Story, a movie that happens to be developed because of computers and being able to do that kind of interactive technology with hand-eye coordination, that it comes back, which is, I think, kind of a interesting kind of a way it developed, all because a person had an allergy to bread making interesting. and he had to do, go into something else. Uh, there's another... Uh, I like how he's just French enough to not go into like a different kind of bread making where yes. we use an ingredient that's not the the officially authorized. <laughs> like, As a Frenchman, that's just completely <laughs> that out of the realm of possibility. I'm going to invent all new technologies <laughs> instead of making slightly different bread. That's you know, the French a way. technology that's fun. Yes. And that's it. Well, I think the French also sent the cat into space, the only right. a country to do that. And uh, I don't know what that determined for them, except, ah, Fifi he can survive. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there's an... <laughs> Pourquoi sure. are you talking English? Uh, <laughs> well, see, this is all Jean. because you started with Ahoy. This is the all down this route. All right, here's another one that is a name we probably don't know a, a lot about. Um, uh, she, Her name is uh, Tilly uh, Lewis, and uh, she was born in 1901. Uh, she lives in 1977. Um, uh, she grows up and uh, uh, she gets the family business, uh, becomes uh, really quite uh, substantial and forms this uh, Flotil for Food Corporation. And um, that corporation actually is big on canning and she's big on tomatoes. So when you ever go in a store and you see all these tomatoes, well, you can almost say this is the person who in the 1950s was actually... Um, a, a major uh, person who develops putting these canned products for the convenience of uh, uh, people, and especially the women who were primarily the ones who were making so many of the products at home. Mm. She also developed something called Tasty Diet, which was like the first major uh, diet food innovation in the 1950s. Of course, you know, people are eating much more food, they're gaining weight uh, after World War II, prepared foods, and uh, but she develops something like this and becomes like the diet queen in her day, All right. which is interesting. interesting. Now, on the same day, that was uh, that's a birthday that's uh, celebrated on uh, July 12th, uh, something else happens. It's not a, really a birthday. Um, it's actually July 13th uh, for her. Uh, July 13th, 1937, is a fellow named Vernon Rudolph. Um, he begins to make uh, these yeast-raised donuts. We have another food item here in a rented building in Winston-Salem. Um, and interestingly enough, the Got recipe... Got the yeast from the French guy who developed the Etch-a-Sketch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you. These are the connections I look so forward to celebrating. Apparently there was a, a gap here, and so history balances right, itself. Right, right. And... Uh, so, but the recipe he got for making these donuts that will become known as Krispy Kreme comes from New Orleans. And that's the legend, that's the story that he told. Um, and uh, But they became so popular that he couldn't get them out to the customers uh, fast enough and supposedly ended up bashing a hole through his wall so he could hand them out <laughs> the window. Which, you know, we think of... The things that, that develop in the food industry, a lot of it is speed. Mm. And so Krispy Kreme was one of the first people to do that. 
then the McDonald brothers um, and so many others have uh, uh, gone on. Wait, was that the first drive-through window? Was Vernon Rudolph just like punching a hole in the wall out of frustration? You know, I because I've seen the bear. I can imagine that happening. Yes, I I would love to say so, but uh, and that very well maybe because it was certainly in the 1937 uh, 1930s when he develops this. 1940s, uh, we have World War II, there's gas rationing, Mm -hmm. probably after that, but certainly there is a confluence of events. I mean, this is another thing that's really, really interesting. interesting. Like we think about, like, think about like the the drive-through window yes. as being kind of ubiquitous, but that's not possible until cars become a right. common thing, right. and then you have the 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 kind of the social preconditions that right. make a drive-through window worthwhile. And because we've talked about this before, about how you know, groceries change from the little local grocery yep, to yep. something larger, then you have to have a grocery cart to carry the groceries. Exactly. There's more coming in. Which Again, is not possible until the refrigerator is invented, right. so you can buy like a week or two's worth of groceries and, and it keeps... you yep. need a car to transport this. Yep. You can't Ex- just carry them. That's also right. true. All oh, the, yeah, 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 yeah. You need so a... You need really a you need interesting. A, you need <laughs> something with a trunk as opposed to just like trying to carry all that stuff home. So I, yeah, I, I like this part of the, of finding these kind of themes and saying, okay, where did they come from, the origin, but also as you and I have talked many times about these connections, though I had not thought about the fact that the French guy who does <laughs> not have yeast, uh, we, we, the balance in history is, yes, you need all that, yeast. All those bread-making yes. ingredients got to go somewhere. They might as well go into Krispy Kreme right. donuts. There are definitely worse places. All right. We're speaking uh, with Scott Washington. we got time for one more. Good, okay. Yeah. I would be remiss if I didn't mention uh, this, this uh, woman, Ida Wells Barnett, uh, born July 16th, 1862. Great figure. Uh, great figure. Uh, who was born into slavery, is freed with the Emancipation Proclamation. After the war, um, she uh, she benefits from conditions. She becomes a teacher, and then she starts writing and becomes a journalist. And the real key that she does in the 1880s, she begins to document lynching in the United States. And in the reports that she developed in this investigative report, terrifically courageous, uh, you know what you might say, at risk of her own life, uh, documenting this, she uh, the the myth was, oh, we're just punishing these people, uh, these the, the African Americans. That's all it is, and it wasn't. It was uh, signs, and what she documented were uh, the incidences. Of, it wasn't a punishment. It was rather meant to intimidate and harass, and that leads to a tremendous. Uh, uh, documentation of this, which was absolutely cr- critical, and now we have a whole museum dedicated to remembering yep. that, and that's important. And again, that is how history matters. Scott Washington, as always, thank you so much. Thank you very much.